it's Allie Burks, the worship leader for the local church, and you're listening to the Sunday Sermon Podcast featuring sermons from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold and inclusive faith community based out of Chatham County, North Carolina, committed to being with and for one another, our community, and our world. In this time of social distancing, we continue to gather virtually for the work of worship every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. over Facebook Live and YouTube. So wherever you find yourself, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, you have a place at the local church, and we'd love for you to join us. My friends, good morning. I am so, so delighted that you are here. Welcome to the local church. My name is Brent. I serve as the pastor and I give God thanks for you. We say this every week. We mean this every week. We need to hear things at least seven times before it sticks. And we want this to stick with you. And that is that, uh, that you are a gift from God to us. Um, wherever you are this morning, you belong at the local church. Everybody's local somewhere. And uh, it, whether you are in your PJs or your Sunday best, still in bed, out on a run, wherever you find yourself this morning, know that you have a place among us. We are more whole with you. And you are more than welcome. You belong. Whether you are just dipping your toes into the waters of faith or are a seasoned veteran, whether you come with questions or you think you got it all figured out, um, we are more whole with you and, uh, and, and really celebrate that you're here um, as we journey together. Uh, thanks be to God for you. How are you this morning? Would love to hear how you are. If you haven't already, throw it in uh, the comments. Let us know so that we can uh, just know what's going on. How do we pray for you? How do we pray for one another? How do we uh, encourage one another? We, we don't know unless you post in the comments. And so we'd love to hear this morning where you are, how you are, if you haven't already. And uh, just a reminder, as Ali said, don't keep the love to yourself. We would love a like, a heart. If anything resonates, if you find anything meaningful, which we hope you do <laughs> this morning. Um, let us know about it. Give us a like, a comment, a share, uh, invite your friends, start a watch party. Uh, let your dad know for Father's Day that you came to church today by um, tag your dad in the comments. Um, we uh, whatever you want to do, we are uh, we would welcome that uh, and appreciate the engagement so that others will know um, uh, about God's love for them through uh, through you and through the local church. A few other celebrations in addition to Father's Day. Happy Father's Day and to, to you and um, uh, we uh, we give God thanks for the encouragement, the teaching, the love that that uh, mirrors echoes God's love for us. Through our dads, um, we're praying for you, those of you who have um, uh, lost your dads either recently or, or uh, at some point we are lifting you up and holding you close today. Uh, a few other celebrations for the good of the community that we want to lift up uh, this morning. First, we got a couple birthdays. Uh, Hannah Christenberry's birthday was yesterday. So happy birthday, Hannah. Summer Milliken's birthday is today. Happy birthday, Summer. Hannah and Summer, we give God thanks that you were born for all the ways that you enrich our lives. We got some anniversaries today, too. The Horners, Zach and Sarah, are celebrating their anniversary. They celebrated this past week. Uh, and today is the Jets' anniversary, John and Krista Jet. So happy birthday. I mean, I'm sorry, happy anniversary, friends. Um, we give God thanks for the love that you share, love that, uh, that we see is a mirror of God's love for us. So um, 
I think that's all I got. We hope, we pray that what we do this morning will equip you and empower you to love where you are, wherever you find yourself, that you would be in the hands and feet of Jesus and go about that work of putting more love in the world. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the beginning was the relationship, and that's what we were made for. Though we are scattered, though we are seemingly disconnected, we pray for your spirit to come now and connect us with one another and with you. As we breathe in your spirit into our lungs, may we exhale your love into the world and may we experience an openness to receive your word from us fresh new. You are indeed making all things new. And so do it again here in this time and in this space that we have set aside for you and for one another. Bless me and, uh, and, and bless all who participate wherever they are this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So speaking of uh, birthdays, Eliza uh, turns one this week, my daughter. It's hard to believe we've, uh, Eliza and I, we've gotten to see a lot of each other in, uh, these last few weeks in this season, but, but anytime I venture out, whether it's for one of my daily walks or finally to get my hair cut, hooray, I still get to experience, uh, Eliza lighting up when I walk back through the door. Everybody else just shrugs, but not Eliza. When I walk in, wherever she is, her face lights up, her eyes get big and then without fail, she leans forward and takes off her arms and legs moving as fast as they'll go, crawling toward me. And so I squat and I open my arms ready to receive her. But then every time without fail, as she's crawling, something in her field of vision will catch her eye and she'll veer off course and just leave me squatting. Ooh, a beach ball or uh, a fallen strawberry left over from breakfast or a cat every time and I'm just there with my arms open my calves burning I look ridiculous it's like when you go in for a high five and the other person doesn't see it and you gotta play it cool right pretend that it's all good I was just stretching right happy father's day <laughs> and I and I tell this story I begin with this story not only for the sympathy um but also <laughs> because it reminds me of our new sermon series we started it last week we're playing up the summer road trip theme as ali and zari mentioned it's called are we there yet a choose your own adventure summer sermon series it's a lot of fun we hope it's a series about where we're going uh, and how we get there because chances are good uh that your summer plans have been disrupted in some way and so we thought it might be fun to take a journey together and and here's the thing our destination is the same. No matter where you are right now, we all have a common destination. What we talked about last week. Last Sunday, we talked about where we're going. We explored how the Bible actually gives us our destination. We can see it through the life of Jesus. We can see it in Revelation. It's the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Archbishop Desmond Tutu describes it as God's dream, if you remember, God's dream for us and for all of creation. It's what life looks like when we are one with God, one with each other, and one with all of creation. This is where we're headed. We heard from, uh, from the book of Revelation. Eddie read it last week in which John of Patmos has a vision of what God's dream looks like in all its fullness. 
It's a dream in which every belly is full. Every person is seen as gift. There's no more war, no more crying, no more pain. Death is swallowed up. There's no more bloodshed, no more greed. Racism and bigotry give way to blessing and love. Exploitation gives way to mutuality. All things are new. This is where we're going. And then we heard the words of author and activist Mia Birdsong and behind me, uh, who writes, uh, we get to the future we want by practicing it. We get to the future we want by practicing it. And so we put the question to you. How do we get there? How do we get to that future? How do we, uh, how do we get there? What are the practices we need to be practicing to get to this future? How do we make God's dream a reality? This was the choose your own adventure piece. We'll have another one today, so stay tuned for that. But we put it to you. How do we get there? And you offered in the comments and, and via email some beautiful ways to get there that will give shape to our series for the next few weeks. These are the practices that will keep us moving forward. The waypoints, the guardrails to keep us from veering off like Eliza does. So thank you for helping us chart our course. As we sorted through your responses early last week, one of the themes that quickly emerged was connection. Our dependence on God, our need for one another. So that's the practice we'll lean into this morning. Living connected. Because connection is life. Shout out to the Bowmans for reading scripture for us this morning. We wanted to head back to Revelation briefly, simply as a reminder of our common destination, a different part of John's vision, a reminder of where we're headed. John of Patmos describes a crowd filled with people too numerous to count, right? They're all there from every nation and tribe and people and language. Every division has crumbled. Every chain has broken. Every line blurred. Every wall torn down. What a vision. What a dream. At the end, no one stands alone. Everyone is together. And this is, uh, uh, this together is inclusive. There are no human created borders, no walled cities, no red lining. It's just beloved community, full communion with God. And it doesn't take much, does it, to see that we've still got miles to go before this vision is real, before God's dream comes true. How do we get there? Consider the story the Bowman's read from the Gospel of Matthew. Caroline read that one. Matthew's narrative retelling of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus and the disciples have work to do after feeding the 5,000. What a miracle. There's more healing to be done, more belonging, more love. They can't stop, won't stop. And so Jesus tells the disciples, his closest friends and followers, to, to get into a boat, start making their way to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. It's about eight miles across, and he'll be with them once he uh, disperses the crowd, sends them home, and then takes some Jesus time to pray. And while the disciples are on the boat that night, a storm kicks up and the boat has sailed away from the land and morning comes. They're still out there. And as you heard, Jesus begins walking on the water. And when the disciples see him, they're terrified. They think he's a ghost. And well, yeah, it's not something you see every day, right? And moreover, disconnection and isolation, even in the middle of a lake, can be a breeding ground for fear of the unknown. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Just me. 
And Peter, who's always first to speak, Peter, who wears his heart on his sleeve, says, if it is you, Jesus, order me to come to you. And so Jesus does. He says, come. And amazingly, Peter steps out of the boat and starts walking on water toward Jesus. But then the wind picks up again and Peter becomes frightened. His mind wanders. There's a moment of disconnect, shades of Eliza. And Peter starts to sink. And as he's sinking, he cries out, Lord, rescue me. And Jesus immediately reaches out and grabs him, saves him. The wild story. You could read it again and again and again and find something new each time. But this morning, I want to focus on the moment that Peter steps out of the boat. He's locked on his destination. He knows where he's headed. But then the wind picks up. And in an instant, there's disconnection. He begins to move in the direction of Jesus, of connection and communion and love and belonging and wholeness. But when that communion, that connection is fractured, when it becomes severed, he starts to sink. We know something about disconnection, don't we? A 2018 study found that one quarter of those surveyed don't have people in their lives who they feel understands them. Half feel like they don't have meaningful daily connections with others. Nearly half feel that they lack companionship. Nearly half feel isolated. 75%, three quarters say they don't feel like they know their neighbors. Hi, Brett and Gail, by the way, if you're watching. One third, one third of those surveyed have never even interacted with their neighbors. Nearly half of those surveyed feel lonely or unknown. We know something about disconnection. And that disconnection is killing us. Research suggests that loneliness and social isolation decreases life expectancy and has an adverse effect on mental, emotional, uh, and physical health. We can feel these winds of disconnect not only on the inside, but, but we also see it in our communities, in our media, and the structures, the architecture that we've built around how we live. We see it in the ways we worship at the altar of individual liberty, not realizing that in the words of Fannie Lou Hammer, nobody's free until everybody's free. I mean, really, when wearing a mask in public out of care and concern and love of neighbor, become, neighbor becomes a partisan and divisive issue, I don't have to convince you of the disconnect, right? But notice what Peter does in the disconnect. Realizing that connection, that joining is life and disconnection is death. In that split second, Peter cries out for help. He remembers that he is creature, not creator. He realizes that he cannot save himself. He finds his limits. He recognizes his dependence, the strength of his weakness. And in that vulnerable cry, Lord, rescue me, he opens himself up to reconnection, finds salvation and wholeness, and restoration. Peter opens himself, and in so doing, he makes space for connection. And Jesus, the one whose grace is enough and whose power is made perfect in weakness, is right there with an outstretched arm. Connection is life. What might this look like for you? In a world of disconnection, how might you 
practice connection as we journey toward God's inclusive dream. A dream of communion, of friendship, and joining, where there are people from every tribe and nation, people and language all together as one. I wonder, I wonder if a good place to begin is uh, to begin practicing connection simply by opening ourselves up, by taking the risk of sharing parts of ourselves with another, by admitting that we may not have it all figured out, by recognizing our dependence, our creatureliness, our humanness, our need for one another, realizing that as Sarah talked about in our local kids minute and, and as the apostle Paul writes in his letter to the church in Corinth, we make each other more whole. Every person is a gift and is needed as a part of the body. I wonder if we practice connection by swallowing our pride and asking for help, or being open to receiving it, by realizing that our humanity is bound up together, and that we are much more connected to one another, to creation, to the land, and to God than we might have imagined. By moving closer, in whatever way we can, to whomever we can, Perhaps surprised to find a hand outstretched. Surprised to find Jesus staring back at us. Or maybe you're the one reaching out without even realizing it. I mentioned Mia Birdsong last week, whose uh, quotation was sort of the catalyst for this whole sermon series. In her new book, How We Show Up, Mia talks about a teacher named Mariah, who happened to be teaching one of Mia's daughters. Mariah, the teacher, had emailed Mia a question, and Mia felt an instant connection. You know how that goes sometimes, just magic. Finally, one day as the school year wound down, Mia got up the courage to ask Mariah if she'd be her friend. <laughs> Can we be friends? Isn't that great? Mariah, of course, agreed, and they began to talk regularly and learn more about each other's stories. Mia learned that at age 12, Mariah had been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And in most cases, a parent or other family member helps provide care, helps manage the condition, but for a number of reasons, Mariah had no one. So Mariah learned to be self-sufficient. She learned to manage her chronic illness all by herself. But a few years ago, Mariah had an insulin reaction that left her hospitalized. And Mia, being a concerned friend, started Googling all of the things and learning all the things. And, and, and Mia also knew how hard it is for people to ask for help. So she got bold again and said to Mariah, hey, who's going to make decisions for you if you can't? Who do you call if, uh, if you can't do it all on your own? And Mariah said she didn't have anybody. And so Mia said, well, you got me. And so it started with Mariah sending Mia a list of medications and informing her of doctor visits. And now when Mariah's blood sugar is low, she'll text Mia to let her know that Mia, uh, so that Mia can wait 20 minutes and then text Mariah back to make sure that she's okay. How beautiful, right? It's simple. Mia got close. Mariah opened herself. It didn't take a lot of time, just intention, but in this way. Mariah found a rescue, and I wonder if Mia did too. Connection is life, and Jesus' outstretched arm shows up in surprising ways. After all, road trips are better with friends. In the name of the triune God, whose very nature and being is community, is relationship.
Amen. Hey, it's Allie again. If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to somebody who could use some good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For more information about The Local Church, visit thelocalchurchpbo.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LocalChurchPBO. Until next time, love where you are. Thank you.